Welcome everybody to the first edition of Make Your Mind Your Best Ally. So today I have my co-host and friend, Dr. Anne-Marie Bolkansky, and myself, I'm Martha Garzon. I'm a former professional tennis player, uh, former coach, and online coach now. And I'm going to let Anne-Marie introduce herself. Um, thank you for having me. I am Dr. Anne-Marie Balkansky. I'm a medical doctor, but I'm primarily a certified clinical hypnotherapist. So I'm master of the mind. So people consider me more of a mind coach. Cool. All right. So this is a very formal uh, podcast. And basically, I just want to pick your brain, mm -hmm. ask you some questions. I've gone through some sports therapy uh, before in my life. And uh, luckily, there was hope for me. So <laughs> anyway... So the first thing I want to talk about is the name of the podcast. Um, it really, it implies, and I did it on purpose, that our mind is not our best ally, right? For sure. So why is that? <laughs> I mean, I would say that most of us have not really trained on how to understand the mind. And I think that's the biggest issue. And when it comes to playing sports, I would say, I mean, the ability to have the mental fortitude or the awareness of, I mean, come on, I think anybody that has played sports knows, like, mm -hmm. you overthink something, you're, you're done. <laughs> you're out. And so being able to understand the mind, to quickly get out of it, to not overthink things, to really get into the body more than anything. And people uh, focus more on the, th on the thinking mind than their body. You know, the body is also part of the mind as opposed to just that voice that you hear up there. And That's so, cool. Mm -hmm. So one thing that happened to me, and I got to the conclusion that a lot of my issues were because of self-esteem. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that has a lot to do with your mind not really being your friend and mm -hmm. sometimes becoming your worst enemy, your mm -hmm. worst nightmare. So why is that? Why, why do we have that duality of one good voice and one bad voice? Mm -hmm. Well, first, I definitely want to clarify like what types of um, self-esteem there are. There's situational self-esteem and then there's characterological self-esteem. And so if we're talking specifically about sports, you know, there is a, a situational um, self-esteem that one can build But there's also a characterological self-esteem that is such the core of who you are. That characterological self-esteem is like your beliefs and the value that you believe that you bring and, and your capabilities. And to repeat the question again, say it again. Um, why is it that we have that duality, the, the basically the good voice and the bad voice? Mm -hmm, absolutely. Um, so... We are our biggest critic, aren't we? <laughs> and the voice that you hear up there is primarily developed between the age of five and 12. The voice that you hear is so influenced by your authority figures throughout your childhood. And if we don't have um, positive authority figures around us throughout our upbringing, and that, does, that doesn't only include your parents, that includes society, teachers, police, doctors, I mean, any authority figure around you If, it, if the talk was negative, that can influence your self-talk and how you perceive who you are because of maybe situations or people around you as you grew up. So we do create almost this like, um, you know, the, I, I think of the angel, right? Good angel, bad mm -hmm. angel, or yeah. the devil and the angel. The 
And, you know, we have so many different parts that are created. We have bad parts, um, you know, and, and they're not necessarily bad, but we perceive them as being bad parts because they're not kind to us. They don't talk good to us. And I can guarantee that those parts are developed from sometime in our childhood, especially. And um, they kind of compounded throughout our adult life. And sometimes people aren't even aware of it, of like the the voices that they hear or the parts that they hear. And, and that's why people will even be in conflict, you know, like part of me wants to go out, a part of me doesn't <laughs> want to go out. And, yeah. you know, we have so many different parts that make up who we are. And that's because of all the events and experiences we had throughout our childhood Okay, that build the foundation of it. Yeah. Well, yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense because I, I used to be very destructive when I was playing and I saw a lot of players that were mm. the same way. And, you know, that leads to my next question. Why does winning or losing make so, so why do we make it so important and mm. meaningful? Hmm. That's a big question. <laughs> <laughs> why do we make it so meaningful? Well, we, that, I mean, that's just it. We make it meaningful. You know, mm -hmm. like we, we're the ones that define what winning is. And society has also defined what winning is. And, you know, for someone that's especially professionals, right? If, if you're playing professional sports, there's, there's so much pressure on, on being at a certain hierarchy or level. And, and man, that, that pressure, especially if you're already good, um, I've worked with people where they're they're so good already immediately, and and the the moments that they've lost or or didn't win, I mean, it's pretty traumatizing, yeah. right? And yeah. then there's there's a, you have to learn how to be a good loser too, you know, to learn from your mistakes and to learn how to be even better because those are not losses; those are just experiences. Those are our lessons more than anything. Our losses are our lessons. Ah, oh, I just thought of that. Yeah, yeah, no, and that's that's actually very cool because I, you know, thanks to the help of my sports psychologist, I came to that conclusion that that you only, not you only, but you learn a lot when you lose, mm -hmm. you know, what it is that you need to work on. Mm -hmm. If everything was perfect, then, you know, it would be boring. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Sometimes it would. Absolutely. But, yeah, and... And to me, I, at the end of the day, I ended up finding out that the meaning, um, the reason why I was playing tennis, it was to prove something to someone mm -hmm. um, that I could actually make a living playing tennis um, and it, that it wouldn't have to be something, you know, mm -hmm. average like being a lawyer or a doctor or whatever. I wanted to be a tennis player, but I, I was always like chasing that carrot that mm. would always keep moving because it wasn't for me. It was for somebody. Yeah. And so, that, yeah. There's so much in that, in this question that you, you're even going even, even deeper into it, which I love because, um, that we go to purpose. Like what is mm. your purpose of playing and why are you playing and how are you defining winning and what is it yep. that you're getting out of it? And, you know, for you as winning was more of an, a sense of acceptance, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's the purpose why maybe some people are playing yeah. is because they want to be accepted as opposed to, you know, playing for the pure fun of the game. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy that it's so simple, mm -hmm. but there's so much involved in it. And at the end of the day, we, we get so 
buried in between all the equipment and the eating and the sleeping. And I lost because I didn't sleep well. And I won because of this. And, you know, that person is not. And, and we create all these stories. And at the end of the day, you know, it's, 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 you should play because you like it and because you can't. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it should be if, if it was that simple. Yeah. We wouldn't need this podcast, right? <laughs> That's Tiki. Sorry. I had to let her be. So um what what would be your advice to to finding out what is the meaning that we have behind playing? What kind of questions should we be asking ourselves? Um, I would say uh Go ahead and project forward and say, what is it that you're, what, what will you get out of this? And let's say, you know, when I'm, when I'm helping someone with really coming to a conclusion of like, why are we, why are they doing this? Because um, I work with people where maybe they're doing for their family or their parents, you know, and, and they were just so down and depressed and sad about it. And, you know, I, I really had them think about it. Okay. What if, let's just go through that. What if you do, you know, um, become the top play, player or pro or, I mean, various sports. I've worked mm -hmm. with people. So um, depending on the sports, like what if you you did win? What if you did get a title? What if this did happen? Then what? Then what is it that you would feel or achieve? And and they run through that and they really think about that and they see in the end, because in the end there will be an end <laughs> where it's like, okay, what's next? And, you know, and it's interesting to hear what they'll say. They'll say, oh, well, I'll get acceptance. I'll be seen, you know, that I'm number one or um, I'll be loved, I'll be this. And all the things that they express truly show, like, what is your motive? Why are you doing it? What is your purpose behind it? And so I would say project yourself forward and say, okay, what if you got this? Whatever that that position or place is that you're looking to achieve within the sports that you're playing. That's cool. Yeah, that's, that's very interesting. I also thought, in, in my case, it was... I had no control over the reason why I was playing tennis. Mm. So therefore the example of the carrot that just kept going forward and forward because I was never going to convince that person that I could actually make a living mm. playing tennis. So control, that's that's one thing that that there's a great saying that somebody said to me, anxiety comes from worrying about the things that you cannot control. Mm -hmm. So maybe can you talk a little bit about control? That's another big that's topic. Another, that's another big topic. <laughs> but just a I little mean, bit. Absolutely. Um, yeah, you uh, control. I think. I think. Gosh, ninety-eight percent of the population, <laughs> probably two percent, they're all like probably in monasteries and Buddhist or whatnot. <laughs> yeah. But we all have this fear of um, losing control, and we want control. I mean, there's no such thing, though. I mean. Uh, there's so many things that are out of our control, um, you know, the economical position our country's in or uh, the weather and uh, your partner, um, you know, if you're playing doubles, your your partner, you know, you can't control how they're going to react, where they're going to move. And the only thing that we really do have control is what you do, what you choose to do next, you know, and to learn from your past patterns and to move forward because it's inevitable that things are going to change, even you. And mm -hmm. your emotions will change. Your body changes. I mean, think about that. Your cells are not the same cells that you've had just seven years ago. You know, the mm -hmm. lenses that you see the world through have changed. So 
the lenses you have today are not the same lenses in your eyes that you had 10 years ago. And so everything is constantly changing. Nothing is meant to stay the same. And it's not easy to just let go, to just kind of accept that. Yeah. It's probably, yeah. it's probably something I'm still working on, you know? <laughs> so you are human. That's of good course, to know. I'm 100% human. That's the key again. So um, on the same topic of control, um, we, for the most part, we have a, a at sport that's outdoors. So mm -hmm. there's so many things we can't control, like the weather, mm -hmm. like um, the wind, like the opponent, mm -hmm. like, you know. And and one thing that I, it really freed me was to to not, um, not look for excuses, you know, because mm -hmm. sometimes I, I would be like, oh, I've always lost in wind, you know. I, I've always, you know, if I don't eat before, then... I'm going to lose. Or if I eat before, then I'm going to lose. So it's it's like I was looking for all these reasons rather than just kind of accepting. Is it accepting responsibility? Yeah, absolutely. It's accepting the control? That absolutely. And, and and you're creating rituals. Mm -hmm. And, and that, that you, you, you'll see rituals with, you know, and, and it helps to a point, right, to be able to have maybe certain rituals, prayers, mantras. I mean, I you know, whatever it may be, like, oh, I need to do this in order to pump yourself up. Those are positive rituals. But if we're creating negative rituals where it's it's going to create even further anxiety, because mm -hmm. now it's like, oh, my God, I, I, you know, the weather needs to be this way or I'm going to lose. Right. You know, right. And, then it, and, it, and then it just already puts you in that frame of mind that you're going to lose. And, yeah. it's, you know, it it's not the weather. <laughs> it's not it's not yeah. the weather. It's, yeah. It, it, it is. There is the the there is a level of control that you have to choose, okay, how am I going to respond to the weather change? Mm -hmm. How am I going to respond to, yep. um, you know, my opponent? Or or maybe they're having, maybe you're having an off day or, or whatever it is. Like there's just, you know, um, you you just got to choose to 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 turn around as quickly as possible yep. and get out yeah. of it. <laughs> That's great because you just, um, you led me to my last question. What <laughs> kinds of rituals? Can we oh. build to to help self-esteem and to help, you know, our mm. control? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, number one is going to be positive self-talk. Um, be aware of what you're telling yourself. It's funny, like you're bringing it up about, um, you know, oh, if the weather is bad, then I'm not going to, I'm not going to, um, I'm not going to win or I'm not mm -hmm. going to uh, play well. Be aware of that simply. Like, yeah. Just be aware of that and how you maybe negatively condition yourself to not win mm -hmm. <laughs> already oh by God. even telling yourself yeah. that, that the oh, if the weather is cloudy, I'm not going to do well. You're already putting yourself into that state. So mm -hmm. it's like this self-sabotaging thought process or pattern. So the positive rituals you're going to want to have, um, one of the things that I've done with my clients, which is super easy, is start to create anchors and triggers um, anchors and triggers are basically just words or phrases that are the trigger words like you got this or, you know, a positive word that just associates you with um, maybe a, a good feeling. Like, let's say I went to the beach earlier and, mm. you know, my word may be beach or sunshine. And because I'm feeling so good when I'm at the beach and I have that sunshine. And, you know, you what you're doing is you're conditioning yourself to that sound that mm. you're telling yourself. So it becomes almost like a mantra. So it's kind of like if dog, kind of like Tiki, if yeah. Tiki hears the food, like her food hit the bowl, 
Right. Uh, she comes running she, over because yeah, she's, she's conditioned, conditioned, to, that. She conditioned huh. to that sound that she has. Um, she hears with the, with the food. So that's a that's a trigger. But the anchor is basically a motion that you can do. And so it's kind of a ritual. It's a motion either um, when I played with sports players, they'll usually do something simple like tapping their finger or, mm-hmm. or creating an okay sign. But it's important to do those things when you're feeling good, when you're when you are in a good space, when you had a really good day. And those can be really good um, rituals that you can do before a game mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> to bring in like those positive feelings into yeah. that experience because you're conditioning yourself. Yeah, um, yeah. That makes sense. That's, that's <clears throat> yeah, super, super true. And, you know, just my two cents on on certain rituals. Like, for example, when, when I'm serving, mm-hmm. I want to bounce the ball three times. Mm. And if I don't do it, then it's not going to feel the same. And you have to be able to respect that mm-hmm. because it's, It's your ritual, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and and if you couldn't do it, then also, you know, be forgiving of yourself because, mm-hmm. you know, my ritual was maybe eating two hours before the match and I couldn't mm-hmm. do it. Yeah. But that doesn't mean I'm doomed, you know, to lose. It, there's always room for improvement and, and you know, mm-hmm. to improvise. <laughs> yeah, those are, those are positive rituals. So, yeah. Positive rituals because you're not telling yourself you're going to lose if you don't do this. Mm-hmm. You're just, you know, it's kind of like you're telling yourself, okay, you're going to be optimal, right? Mm-hmm. Your body's not going to be digesting and feeling right. uncomfortable right before. Uh-huh. And so you have, you know, there's, there's logic to that. Yeah. And, um, and you learn from, oh, trust me, I know about the food. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, 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 it was even only three hours before I, I had, I was running and I was like, oh, last yeah. time I do that. <laughs> you know, you're going to pay for it. Yeah, oh. absolutely. So that's a positive ritual. The ball, I love that. It's a positive ritual because it's kind of, um, you know, one of my favorite rituals is the breath. So for me, mm-hmm. I take three breaths mm-hmm. whenever okay. I'm doing something. If it's like, you know, I'm I'm very conditioned to my breath, so I will purposely be mindful of my breath and take really deep breaths, and then I'm conditioned to just be super, super relaxed, you mm-hmm. know, when I do that. And so that could be like kind of like bouncing the ball three times. That's cool. Um, That's awesome. I got, we could talk about this forever. And I thought this was going to be hard, but this is so cool because I get to be, pick her brain and then one thing leads to another. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> anyway, but that's all the time that we have for today. And I want to thank you, Anne-Marie, oh, thank you. and I want to thank you guys for your support. Um, and we made it through our first podcast and we're going to keep doing this. So please be sure to um uh, Right. Any questions on anything that you guys want us to talk about and we will do it. Okay. All awesome. right. Thank you. Bye. Bye.